0: Hi, I'm Bruce Tolgan, author of The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, published by Harvard Business Review Press. And this is The Indispensables, a podcast featuring conversations with real go-to people who stand the test of time in the real world of work. Each week I ask my guests what they do differently that sets them apart in the workplace, what makes them tick, and what makes them so successful. In this episode, I'll talk with my old friend, Peter Stavisky, founder and CEO of the Barrington Media Group. Welcome to The Indispensables. I'm Bruce Tolgan, and I am so happy to welcome Peter Stavisky. Believe it or not, this guy was my best friend back when I was a little kid at Berkshire Country Day School, and uh, he was definitely the coolest kid in school. And um, he has been incredibly successful, no surprise, in corporate America, as well as in his entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, in telecommunications in the early 90s, um, Peter was promoted over and over and over and over again, uh, seven times in six years and became the youngest company director, uh, maybe in history at MCI, and I think still uh, managing the New England region. Many uh, went on to become president of uh, Talk America, managing 800 people and $100 million in revenue. And then he founded Barrington Media Group in 2003. So uh, that started with two full-time employees. Now he's got over 80 and hundreds of millions in revenues. And uh, even in the midst of this COVID uh, uh, crisis, uh, he's continued to drive growth in the business. So um, wait till you meet him. Uh, Peter Stavisky, welcome to The Indispensables.
1: Hey, thanks Bruce. I I don't know if I was the coolest kid in class, but, uh, it was
0: a long time ago. So maybe, uh, so tell us your story. I've just given a, a super executive summary, but you know, how does somebody get to be you or how did you get to where you are?
1: Well, you make a lot of mistakes along the way and, uh, you, you, you learn from them and you correct them as quick as you can and, and you just keep on going. So, uh, if you make, uh, you know, I would say if you make, uh, a few more good decisions than bad ones and you fix the bad ones uh, quickly, you you can, you can keep building. And, and certainly we've done that over the years
0: and, and along the way. So you were always sort of the young uh, rising star along the way um, in your career, what made somebody uh, a person you would look to, to emulate, Um, you know, what, what made somebody a person you would look up to and want to be more like them? You know, I had some good uh, role models along the way. I, I,
1: you know, I was fortunate enough to work uh, for someone who who actually ran the war room at, at IBM uh, early on in his career. And uh, the guy, uh, people warned me not to work for him because he would work and sleep. And that was about it and, and barely sleep. Uh, and I remember when I worked for him for about six months, I didn't sleep much. But um, I never, uh, never shied away from a challenge. I, I tried to uh, associate myself with the, with the smartest people that, that I could and learn from them uh, as quickly as I could.
0: You and I had a conversation about cold calling. And I think some people don't know about cold calling um, as a form of torture uh, and as a form of business strategy, as a critical tactic. Um, And I I think uh, also uh, one of the things uh, you reminded me of, how much that kind of experience of being able to muscle through that kind of a challenge um, can teach you so much and also can be a way uh, that perseverance can set you apart. Can, can you tell a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, no, happy to. And I think that, the, that anybody who has some good sales skills, uh, it certainly saves you along the way because uh, when you're ever behind, you know, you can always uh, you fall back on your sales skills and, and, and fix any problem by bringing in a couple of new customers. Uh, that, that, that's always you know, helped us along the way. But early on in my career, um, you know, I went through a sales training education program. Uh, I was very fortunate to, to be able to, to participate in that program. Uh, but once we were released, and this was, you know, right at training right after college, uh, you're put out on the road and, and you're basically banging on doors. Um, you're walking into any small business, you know, up and down the street. And uh, the goal was to uh, stop into, if you could, a hundred uh, doors a day and try to find out who was uh, in charge of their uh, services for a long distance. And uh, uh, you know, day in and day out, if you, uh, if you persisted and you, and you pushed yourself, uh, I was on average closing about two uh, two new sales a day, um, and I just uh, I was just following the instructions of uh, Hey, make sure you push yourself and and knock on the doors. And I think I think most people didn't do that. That they just got tired. Uh, they didn't keep pushing themselves. They got discouraged. And you have to remember, you're getting when you're getting two sales a day, which was fantastic, by the way. Two sales was was, was huge numbers. I found out year, you know months later they told me uh, you know, you're the number one sales uh, person on the East coast, but I was just following the training and doing what they were saying. And, uh, I would push myself to, to knock on those hundred doors. Um, if I didn't have my two sales, I would just keep going until I, you know, until I got there. So I, I would knock on extra doors if I had to. Um, and I, I found that, uh, when it was raining out and we were in our suit and, and tie and shoes and you walk in the door, people just feel bad for you and they probably you know buy from you more. So, well, well, probably a a lot of people would say, Oh, the weather's bad. Or they make excuses and say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do as much today because it's snowing or it's, it's raining. Uh, I just persisted and just, and just kept going and, uh, and found that, um, you know, rain, rain or shine, uh, you know, I would just keep doing, uh, you know, doing the door knock and getting better and better at it. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And uh, the more you do it, the more luck that, that, that comes your way. And so, uh, I got very good at uh, handling objections and talking to people and getting past the gatekeeper and all the things that you need to do as a, as a young salesperson. And uh, those skills uh, just stay with you for a lifetime
0: what's what's the hardest thing for so so for people who can't picture cold calling like if you're in a phone bank you're making call after call after call to somebody who does not want to or is not expecting your call anyway and doesn't if they do want your call they don't know they do and if you're knocking on their door so much more um you were doing commercial door to door right you were visiting uh decision makers and businesses Um, so for people who can't picture that it's, you're going from place to place to place, trying to get people interested in buying from you. Right.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and the first step is really just getting past that gatekeeper. You're, you're, you're walking into the reception area and you had to get them to uh, tell you who's, who's the decision maker. And so you had to get good at that first. And it was totally different. And I would always take, uh, you know, the friendly approach and see how someone's day was do, you know, going or make a comment about uh, something in the building or, or whatever it was to bring, uh, bring something different to the table than just uh, anybody just walking in the door. So, you know, you, you kind of uh, just like anything else, you learn what doesn't work by knocking by on enough and getting enough nose, and you, and you start to get a pattern of what, of what does work. Uh, yeah. And
0: so you say getting enough nose, And I think that people, somebody who's never done this, I think might have a hard time appreciating how difficult it is to uh, keep going in the face of one no after another. Um, And I I don't have anywhere near the experience you do uh, with this sort of thing. Uh, and I know it was decades ago for you, but, but I just want people to understand because most people are not CEOs of zillion dollar companies like you. Most people are just, you know, starting out trying to make their way. And, and, and I, I want you to connect your path because and, and, I think it's so key. And, and I don't think it's an accident that you emphasized to me after we hadn't spoken in a long time how much that was like where you first were able to set yourself apart.
1: Yeah, no, look, and, and, and there's a lot that builds up to a no, right? So we always talk about objections and people get uh, scared when they, you know, somebody objects to something. And uh, I always looked at the opposite way. When somebody was giving me their objection, that was a huge win because now if they're being truthful, they're telling they're telling me what they're afraid of and why they don't want to. And so once I could understand what their objection was and whatever you're selling, you're really going to boil it down to what are the most common object, uh, objections that people have. And once you know what those objections are and how to overcome them, then you welcome those objections because they are typical. And so it, it's just wonderful when somebody uh, objects. Uh, and, and then we really, uh, you know, then we can really start to isolate from there. And, uh, you know, there's always, there's that always, uh, sales skills of saying, so, but it wasn't for the, they give you two big objects. So if it wasn't for these two things, you know, would you buy? Like, yeah, of course I would. And then once you knock down those two objections, then they've already told you they would buy if you resolve those. So you've kind of got them moving past that, uh, to, to a yes. But, uh, you're bringing back my old days now of uh, of selling. I don't get to do it as much, but uh, <laughs> but, but it was yeah. but it was fun.
0: And 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 to get to those two sales a day, which I think is probably an extraordinary outcome. How many nos did you have to sort of tolerate? Well, I, I think on average I did call, I did talk about 100
1: people a day. So you're getting you're getting 98 nos a day and having huge success. Um, so, you know, if you can look at it that way, when somebody gives you a no, and, and I always believed the no was a, a, a not today, right? It's not a no, it's just, it's not, it's not today. Maybe it's, you know, maybe, maybe the next time it uh, will we'll be good for them. So, uh, you know, you, you just have to stay positive positive. and you know, when you're getting a no that you got to get 98 of them every day to get to your two yeses. So uh, it's not a bad thing when, when, when you get one.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's gotta be the hard part though. And when you're in the moment, to-
1: totally, totally, and even today, uh, you know, I'm competitive. Uh, competitive guy, and our, our team is competitive. Our biz dev team's competitive. When we get into a big, uh, you know, sales presentation, uh, we don't like to we don't like to lose. And and uh, you know, if 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 we believe that it's the right uh, customer, we've got the right solution. We we rarely do lose it, uh, lose that opportunity to another to another agency. But um, you know, we believe that uh, we've helped so many people. Uh, when you know that you've got a great service uh, and, and that you've helped uh, other businesses find success, you don't mind. You're not. You're, you're not afraid of what you're selling because if you if you know that it's going to help them, it, it allows you to be even a little more aggressive and say, "Take a chance with us. This is going to really work out well for you." And you know, the fact that we've helped so many uh, businesses and we've, we, you know, we get a lot of referral business and, and it's because people have taken a chance on us and their careers have skyrocketed based on the decisions they've made. And so therefore uh, this, you know, success just continues to,
0: to, to roll in. And you do uh, performance based direct response and brand advertising, right? I know you do full service media, but um, what is that for people who don't understand what that is? So, yeah, we do
1: both. And on the performance based media side, that's where we're putting skin into the game and we're taking, you know, we're taking some risks. So in, tra- in traditional advertising, uh, someone would hire an advertising agency and, and you, you, uh, maybe they have, have a separate creative agency. We do everything in house where our teams are all in one so that we uh, lean on each other to, to help uh, build that success but we'll put skin into the game and maybe we'll charge them on every time the phone rings versus, uh, you know, versus just placing the ad. We're not, we, we, we kind of position as like, it's not like a stock broker who takes your order and you're just, you're getting paid whether your stock goes up or down. Uh, when you give us an order for your advertising, you know, we're only making money when, when, when we actually bring you customers. And, um, and so we spend a lot of time, you know, understanding someone's business, understanding who their customer is, uh, what that demographic is, um, why someone buys, and then we 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 create the commercials that will uh, produce more customers for them, you know, at or below their acquisition targets. And so, uh, you know, that's the fun part about our our business: is we get to learn about so many uh, other uh, other businesses.
0: And how how would you describe your mission?
1: Well, our our mission is, you know, when we ever when we hire folks. Um, you know, and we hire a lot, of, a lot of folks right out, you know, right out of college. And I think that's, you know, that, that's a neat uh, thing uh, that our company's done for, for a long time is we bring these folks in where other people won't take a risk on somebody. We're taking a, you know, we're taking a risk on someone right out of college and, and training them. And very much so, like, we'll, we'll take a, a chance on somebody moving into management. So uh, we have a full management training and support program, outside consultants that we use uh, as well. And we'll give people an opportunity to go into management, which is, uh, those are jobs that, you know, look easy, but they're not, uh, they're not as easy as, as they look. And part of our training right from day one, and this could be somebody who's, uh, you know, been with us for two days. When, when a customer uh, has a question, they email us. Um, and we tell people this, this is the first thing that they learn in our, in our, in our culture is uh, they could, a customer could send you a question. You could have no idea what the answer is. And the first thing that we train them to do is, get back to that customer right away, uh, say, we've got your email, we're getting together with the team now, and we'll get back with you shortly. And so uh, customers love the fact that uh, we're high, highly responsive. It doesn't matter what, you know, what time of day that they, they call us, um, we're getting back our email, we, we get back to customers right away. And, and our customers know that we're on top of it and we're responsive. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, we'll bring a a whole team approach together to, to get them the best response or answer that we, that,
0: that we can. So you're talking about building a customer dynamic where what your customers can expect from you, um, is, uh, treating their needs, treating their concerns with a huge amount of respect by being so responsive, as you say, even if you don't have an answer. Uh, Being responsive is a way to treat needs and requests with respect and to make people feel heard uh, and to know that you're on the case. But what I love is you're talking about building a culture internally uh, where you take a chance on people and where you build people up. Uh, and where you uh, help people be part of a high-performance team. You know, it's rare you see a business that has kind of like a special ops feel. And just the way you talk to people, the way you treat them, the way you talk about challenges, the way you talk about successes, you really have a high bar of expectation for people. And so, you, you know, I think some people don't realize how much when a leader has high expectations for people, and welcomes people in to be part of that what a tremendous opportunity that is to be part of such a high performance team
1: yeah and, and our teams just you know enjoy it i mean we, we we work together uh you know and we very much have to i mean we have our our creative team you know if 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 one part of our business isn't working, the whole thing can, can fall down. So when a customer comes to us, uh, we could have the best media placements in the world, but if the creative isn't good, uh, the response isn't going to be there. Uh, if, our, if, our, if our tech isn't, isn't working uh, you know, then we can't optimize. So uh, everything that we've done has been to, uh, is to build something better than what's out there. And, and uh, we started out, uh, we have our own software engineers uh, and coders and programmers. We built our own platform and system so that our ads are tracked real time. We can, every commercial that we make, you know, we electronically code those uh, when it, when it, When an ad runs on television or plays on the radio, our systems know real time exactly what ad ran, the time it ran, how much we spent on it, how many calls were delivered, uh, and ultimately what was the ROI uh, back to the customer on every on every spot uh, that was run and no other agency in the country uh, you know does that and and we were able to do that by building the systems from ground up, knowing what uh, was important because we're putting dollars in and taking risk. Uh, you know, you start losing money, and you you very, you very quickly uh, learn how to learn how to fix that. And uh, so, having the right systems and the, and the best creative, and what it really allows us to do too is, um, you know, from a creative standpoint, people say, well, why do you have creative in house? Uh, you know, why don't you outsource that because it's a it's a big cost. And we say we can build an ad faster, uh, much faster in house. We've really disrupted the creative uh, TV, particularly in TV. We've disrupted the industry because. Uh, People would go to a clients would go to a creative agency and then they ultimately bring us an advertisement. And today, you know, rather than waiting for a creative agency to give us an ad in two months to six months or whatever it would take them to do it, and then you get delivered one version of an ad copy, it maybe it didn't work and then you wait for them to, to fix it we're building it. So we're building it in multiple different color schemes. We're building them with, with, with different uh, fonts that we're testing or different uh, call to actions within the ad. We may have 15 different versions of the ad. Uh, and it may just be that certain ad versions, different, different voices may work better in certain times of day or, or on certain types of programming, maybe news, uh, one voice works better than, uh, than on, on a, on a, on a, uh, daytime uh, you know uh, game show. So um, you know, rather than having one version, uh, we're able to, uh, build the creatives, test them and see, and with our systems real time, very quickly determine what version of what ads at what frequency level, uh, work, work the best. And that that's how we're able to optimize so quickly. Uh, and then having our own systems to process that data, uh, allows us to, to make decisions, uh, very quickly.
0: But it seems like doing business that way requires a huge amount of cross-functional collaboration. And I mean, it sounds, so you've got software folks uh, coordinating with creative ad developers, uh, coordinating with uh, key customer account uh, managers, coordinating with traffic uh, coordination, right? Uh, media traffic coordination. Right. I mean, there's, uh, and then you got finance. I mean, it sounds like if you're doing everything in house, uh, there's a, it's like an orchestra of collaboration that has to be managed at all times. It does. It does. And, uh, you know, we make plenty of mistakes. Uh,
1: and and so, and, and that that makes things tighter. And when we make a mistake, we, we not only figure out, all right, how do we, how do we fix that? But what, what do we build? What do we do so that we can uh, prevent that from happening again? You know, uh, that, that's just the, the, the nature of business. And I think that, that uh, the teams really work hard uh, and support each other. And, uh, you know, uh, in the last uh, years, years after certain mistakes were made, particularly when we're moving as fast with as much uh, money as moving around for certain large clients that we have, uh, the systems are able to alert us and tell us we have built, we've built uh, programs to know that if a customer's call length is normally this, if there's a variance, uh, the systems actually alert and then send out uh, send out alerts saying that there's, and, and then we start having certain levels of people looking at uh, the data to say, is there something programmed wrong or is there, is there something wrong here that we can fix? So uh, the great part uh, of having, uh, you know, great systems is that uh, they can actually tell you statistically if something's uh, starting to go off track. And uh, so instead of finding out something, you know, a day later or two days later, we're, we're knowing within, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes of a, Uh, of an issue
0: occurring. So you've got the systems, but you've also got 81 people, I think, at my last count. Right. Um, So how do you get them all cooperating with each other? I mean, uh, by my eyes, looking at uh, your team, you know, a lot of them are young. As you say, you give young people opportunities. Uh, How do you get them all supporting each other and um, collaborating with each other? Well, well, every six months we sit down
1: and we do, uh, uh, goals for, um, uh, you know, for our team and for the overall company and all of our employees participate in that. So, and that's in collaboration with the clients. So our clients are telling us what their goals are. Uh, we're, we're setting expectations of what we believe we can deliver for clients. Uh, and then we're setting goals, uh, of what uh, the teams will do. And our teams are incentivized to uh, compete against each other and, uh, but, but at the end of the day, while they're, while they're friendly competing and every week we're reviewing how and who's leading, what team's uh, uh, beating another team and they're coming up with team uh, names, uh, you know, uh, so there's a lot of spirit behind it. But in terms of our uh, you know, end of year bonus, it's based on how the overall company does. So that, so that we basically allow them to compete and be able to boast that their team uh, beat uh, another team. But in terms of compensation, um, they're incentivized to help uh, everybody out across the company because we want all of our customers to do well and, uh, and we want to make sure that we're sharing whatever learning that we're, that we're getting uh, on, on, on something uh, across the company. So I think that's, that, that has uh, this alignment of, of, of making sure that uh, we have the competition, but that it's done in a way where people's compensation is based on customer success and, and our overall uh, company success. Um,
0: that that has helped
1: uh, drive rewarding results for our customers and, and for our uh, employees.
0: Well, that's cool. And let me just say uh, uh, to listeners who don't speak to a lot of CEOs – Uh, Peter was just speaking a language I call CEO. That's how you speak CEO. And and what I love about what you're saying is you're aligning people's day-to-day motivation. You're creating this dynamic of team competition. So each team... Uh, is motivated to collaborate with their cross-functional partners on their team, right? And then the teams are showing up each week with, as you say, like bragging rights, uh, but they all still have a stake in the overall success of the whole organization. Yeah, to- totally. Getting, getting people to work together and, and, and
1: helping each other is, is critical and having the team going in the, in the, in the same direction is uh, is something that uh, you know is, is going to make or break in the in, in the in the long run. So uh, it's 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 all very critical to us uh, to to make sure that uh, teams are properly motivated and properly trained. And it, it really even starts to, right in the in the hiring process. We uh, we, we never want to put somebody in a job that uh, we we want to make sure that it's either a job that they really want uh, want to do. The, so they've got to really want to, to be in that job. And they see how that's going to help them get to where the, the, they want to be and that they either have, the skills to do the job or the capacity to learn uh, those skills uh, fairly quickly. And if, if, uh, if they don't have the desire to do the job and they don't either, they don't have the skills or the capacity to learn them. And we just don't put them in there because if someone doesn't enjoy what they're doing, they're, they're typically not going to uh, stay there long or, or be, be, be happy doing what they're doing. So making sure that we've got the right people in the right jobs, uh, you know, is a critical uh, function and uh, making sure that we have people that are motivated and excited to be there and enjoy being there uh, because we have such a great culture. Uh, it's almost a shock if somebody came in and they were a negative person uh, since we just don't have that in the, in the, in the business. Um, you know, we have people that are more conservative or different types of roles or your programmers or finance people, but we don't have, uh, you know, we, we try to find a way that everybody's feeling part of the team and excited Uh, and that we're as concerned about their career growth and their personal growth uh, because every person's different. And so it's important for us to really know and understand each person and make sure that we're doing everything that we can uh, to help them. And so uh, whether we're helping them move up in our company or we're helping them get the skills that they want, uh, you know, and it would be okay. So not every person's going to stay for a lifetime, uh, but I feel that we've, we've achieved success uh, if we've uh, helped someone to move up uh, achieve their goals or even acquire the skills that they wanted to to, to, to get somewhere else get somewhere else so uh, very important to us that we're investing in our people and I think and then I think that uh, helps them appreciate uh, you know working for us they know that uh, we care about them. Uh, they know that we've we've never overextended ourselves, so they don't have to worry about layoffs. We've never had a layoff or or those kind of things. So uh, uh, having uh, people have confidence that you're running the business well, that you're thinking uh, about them and making sure that you're protecting you know their career and their family's uh, income coming in uh, that that means a lot to people. And I think there's a lot of CEOs that don't talk about those kind of things, and we do. Uh, we we share how the company's doing you know every week. Uh, and we let people know uh, where, where we're at so that uh, they know that we've always, we've never taken uh, too much money out of the business. We always have, you know, we always used to say we keep a year's worth of salary. So if we, we mess up, uh, we can uh, we can lose some customers and, 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 and regroup. Fortunately, we haven't, we've been meeting our goals, but uh, people know that um, there are times uh, that there could, and this would have been the year. If there was ever a year with COVID, uh, this could have been the year where we, uh, where we really slowed down. Uh, fortunately, uh, you know, we haven't, we're, we're significantly up this year, uh, nonetheless, but, uh, but we, we always manage as if, uh, it could, there could be a, a rainy day or rainy period. And I think our employees know that we care about the business. We care about our clients and we care about them, you know, all equally. And I think that, 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 uh, sets us apart, uh, you know, right, right from the beginning.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got, when I say, uh, uh you speak CEO, what I love about the way you, Uh, describe your approach is you toggle between real systems thinking and then the way individuals plug into that and, and the effect it has on individuals and that, you know, uh, uh, leading uh, a large complex organization requires that. And it's, it's, you know, some people, they get to a certain point in their uh, career trajectory, And, you know, either they're really good at systems thinking or they're really good at managing individuals or small teams, Uh, but the ability to toggle back and forth between the systems that are driving the organization and how individuals uh, think and behave. Uh, that's really what it takes, I think, to be a high-level leader. So you mentioned attitude, and so how do you deal with that? How do you – what do you do with somebody who has a bad attitude?
1: Well, we're fortunate we don't have that all that often, which is great, but I think that, uh, you know, everybody's an individual, and I think you've got to take the time. Um, You know, I always find that if I take the time – uh, and it could be even, you know, twice a year. For it could be, a, you know, 15, 20 minute meeting. Um, you know, I don't have as much time these days as I, I used to when I had, you know, less people. Um, but when you when when you when you're genuine about it and you uh, do take that private time to talk to someone and find out how they're doing. Um, how things are going for them, uh, where they want to get to, and then, uh, you know, connecting with them to, to make sure that we're aligned and, and, and helping them get to, you know, to where they want to get to. It's, uh, it really helps out. I remember, uh, you know, I had a, a young manager come to me once and said, I've got these employees that just come in late all the time. And I'm so frustrated. And I said, well, what, what have you done? And they're like, well, I keep warning them, you know, you come in late, you're going to go on warning you're or this. And I said, I said, I think that's I think that's the problem. And they're like, well, What do you mean? And I said, Well, have you ever asked them what do they want to do with their career, where they're trying to get to? And they're like, well, what does that have to do with them coming in late? And I'm like, Because you have to tie it back. You have to, you know, if if they really want to get to become a, a supervisor and that's where they want to uh, get to, well, coming in late is not going to help them do that. So we have to we have to understand what someone's goals are first. That's the first thing we need to know is. Why is someone working here? Where do they want to get to? What what, what makes them tick? And then when we see anything that's not working, uh, then we can use that as leverage to say, Hey, you know, I know you want to get here and I'm trying to help you get here, but you know, this is, this is going to hurt you. And I think once uh, people know that, you know, you are looking out for them and we're we are, we are uh, on, on a path to help them get to where they want to get to. Uh, and that this sort of behavior is not, not good. So we could take that to the attitude side too, is that is, is, uh, you know, whatever someone's doing to hurt their career, uh, we can help coach them and get them uh, back on track if we have the, the, the you know, the, the positive way to, to get them there. Certainly, you know, I guess you can give people warnings too, but it's, uh, it's better to, to, to have them manage themselves uh, and give them the skills to manage themselves so that uh, so you kind of fix those problems on, on your own.
0: So that kind of, uh, rational ambition, uh, that's what you're trying to plug into, right? Like the rationality of ambition, uh, what, what's your selection process? Well, we,
1: you know, we have, we've refined our interview process, uh, you know, over the years. And, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, we've gotten really good at that of, of, you know, right from the beginning, educating somebody of, of, uh, the company, you know, what are, uh, what the company's like, what, what, what. You know what the culture is, uh, what the opportunity is, um, you know here, and you know really trying to to understand what their what their skills are, what their ambitions are, what their goals are, and what their experience is. So you, we really we've done a good job of of trying to figure that out. Um, you know, and and sometimes you can have somebody who's uh, really qualified; they just may be overqualified, and and may, maybe that might not be a good spot for them. But but we have to. You know, we have to really try to find that right person for the, for the right job, and we have to make sure that we've got the career path for them. Fortunately, it's a little easier for us because we're growing, and so that creates you know, promotional opportunities and growth opportunities, uh, and people could move from department for, to department if they want to. Uh, so you know, when you're doing well, it's, it's a little bit easier, so we're fortunate on that side. Um, to be able to pay people more, to be able to give them more responsibility, to be able to give them different, uh, different uh, opportunities. Uh, We get people involved in committees, you know, whenever there's somebody we've had people that have been a little bit of complainers. Great. We put them on committees because you want to, you want to change something. uh, You don't like the benefit plan. Great. Let's do, we had a benefit committee, go change our benefit plan. And, and, um, and and then uh, people get to, to to vote. What's the most important thing to them? Uh, this year we put in a 401k plan that started in January. Uh, that was the most important thing that employees wanted, uh, and so they asked for it. They 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 got to meet with the vendors and uh, different advisors, and so we had a committee that did it. And and uh, they came back and they made great recommendations of here's the 401k plan we want, and uh, here's the advisory group that we want, and here's what the costs are going to be, and. Um, and so we get them involved and, uh, and I think that, that, that's important. So, uh, people are always going to complain about different things. Uh, we give, we just give them a little bit more work to do and, and, but then they get rewarded for it. So we're not going to, we're not going to know uh, everything ourselves. Uh, and, uh, when I had 750 people, I was, I would say, you know, I was walk, I would walk down the hallway and somebody would say, you know, they don't know what they're doing. And I'm, I'm thinking like, they're thinking, they're talking about senior management, uh, when they're saying they, right. So. Uh, you know, and, but it really resonates of, of making sure that you do understand, you know, we, we're not going to do everything right. We're not going to be perfect. Everything. i I tell people I make mistakes all the time. And, and, um, and so it's okay to make a mistake, especially we have a lot of younger people and we're putting people into jobs that they may not be really ready for. Um, so we try to, um, give them the tools so that they, um, you know, don't hurt themselves too badly. But, uh, but it's, but it's good to, it's good for, in our culture, it's good for people to make a mistake once in a while, uh, because that's how they learn and that's how we've learned. And so, um, you know, the, the culture sort of feeds on it, you know, feeds on it, uh, on itself, but certainly success, you know, continued success helps you, uh, you know, get past a lot of problems.
0: If, if somebody's hearing all this and saying, wow, you know, uh, how do I get to be like you? What, what's your advice uh, that you give to people uh, when uh, when when either they come to you or what, what what would be your advice? Somebody says, well, how do I get to be? How does somebody get to be Peter Stavisky? How, how do I get to be like you? I don't know if people, I don't know if people want that these days, Uh, you know, I'm hearing from millennials, they want, you know, this
1: totally balanced life and they don't want to work that much. And uh, of course, we try to hire the 20% that do want to, you know, do want to do more than the, than, than the average person. But uh, you know, look, uh, you know, it's, 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 you got to find what you love. And um, I always tell people find something you really like to do because uh, what, particularly what we do is hard. If I had to, you know, if I had to look at how do you build a, a business and, and build a successful business that makes the kind of money that we make, I probably wouldn't have picked this out of the gate. Uh, this is really sort of a hard business, but, but, it's great because, because it is so hard, uh, we don't have a lot of competition, uh, because it's hard, you know, it's hard to get to where we've gotten to, and we've got the momentum and, uh, people and systems in place. And this is just really hard to replicate. So I guess that's the, you know, that's the, the, the positive side, but I I would tell you, this was one brick at a time. The analogies, you know, people always look, say your life's great, man, you've got this great business. Uh, you know, how do I build this? And, I can tell you there was a lot of sleepless nights along the way. Um, you know, there was a lot of hard work. We've, uh, we've retained and hired a lot of good people. And I also, I've never been afraid to hire people smarter than than, than I am, uh, which is not that hard to do. Uh, but, I don't uh, know. Uh, but, but, give yourself
0: some credit, man. Uh,
1: yeah, but, uh, you know, there's, there's different areas that you're just not going to be, uh, you know, as uh, successful. Like we're, right now, we're talking about hiring our first general counsel, so we're going to hire an, an attorney. You know, we haven't, we made it 17 years without one, but, but you, 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 you have to kind of figure out what's most important at at the right time uh, as you get to certain different levels and you've got to find the right people. Um, And, and then you've got to, um, you know, you've got to retain them. You've got to, and it's not just about paying them more. It's not just, it's not just money. People want to make money, but they want to feel a part of something. Uh, They want to be on that team. Um, they, they want to know that, that you care about them and they want to feel good about, uh, what it is that they're doing. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just one dimensional. And, uh, you know, so I, so I say, you know, anyone, anyone who wants to start a business and get going, I never, I never discourage people, um, because you, you can be successful at it, but you have to be prepared, uh, you know, to, to, to work much harder than your competition is going to, going to work. Uh, because, you know, in our business, uh, clients stay with us because we get them great results. Uh, they might like us, it's great that we respond, but at the end of the day, if we weren't getting them great results, they'd go with somebody
0: else. So be willing to tolerate those sleepless nights, one brick at a time, work hard, uh, realize that it's uh, one brick at a time is how you get there. And, um, uh, and I guess that takes me full circle back to the you, you got to be okay with the 98 no's to get to the two yeses. You do. And you got to be, you got to be nice to your wife too, because they put up with all your
1: hard, uh, you know, hard hours and, and, and not, and not listening and not paying attention when they're uh, when they're asking you a question sometimes. So I, I would tell people to do a little better job than I did there. But uh, you know, one of the things that I've been uh, fortunate to do, and I think it's, it is one nice thing about uh, owning a business is that, um, you know, when the kids have needed me or or something's happened, you know, I, I make the time I put them, you know, put them first and, you know, I've always, I'm not afraid to talk to customers about, uh, you know, family life and, 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 and letting them know what's going on because, uh, it's, it's important to, uh, you know, to be that human too. And, uh, so, you know, work hard, you, you gotta, you gotta learn faster. You just have to learn faster than, you know, if someone say, what's your one competitive advantage, I just try to learn faster than the other guy. Cause, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what, that's the difference that that's what gives you the edge. Um, there's so much data coming in or you can figure out, uh, how to, you know, how to improve. And, you know, say in our, in our world, it's advertising. Yeah. But there's so much more to it. Uh, there's so much more tech to, you know, different types of, uh, ads with different types of tech that's associated and, and different types of, uh, of a sales funnel these days. So you really need to, you really need to know, um, and, and be learning all the time and, and not be afraid to test. Uh, you, you, you've got to be testing all the time. And which means you're going to lose money at things, but uh, that's, that's part of, in our business, we, we, we say that's part of our research and development. That's R and D we're testing ads that don't work uh, to, to uh, make sure that we're always staying right, right in the forefront of, of, of what's working. And then the last piece I would say is, is you've got to be ethical. You can't ever do, uh, do something uh, you know, we'll see competitors do something that's unethical. And in, in the long run, uh, you never, you never last by cutting, by cutting corners. So we always do the right thing. Uh, our ads are always compliant. Uh, we always let clients know if there's any uh, problem or difficulty. And if, and if a bad client comes in, wants to do something that's non-compliant well, we just don't take that customer. Um, and it's okay to just not take revenue and walk away from, from business. If you know, it's going to get you into, it's going to get you into trouble because it, you're going to get all your other customers into trouble too, if you're,
0: if you're not healthy. So all those things are important. Peter Stavisky, thank you for being a guest on the Indispensables. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. In our next episode, I'll talk with my old friend and colleague, Ray Farrell. He was general counsel for many years at Dex Media, and now is the founder and general counsel at June 6 Ventures. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at go to underscore podcast. That's at go to underscore podcast. Learn more about go toism in my new book, The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, available now from Harvard Business Review Press, wherever books are sold. And you can learn more about our work at Rainmaker Thinking by visiting us at rainmakerthinking.com. Until next time, stay strong and stay indispensable.